Welcome to the Broadband Bunch, a podcast about broadband and how it impacts all of us. Join us to learn about the state of the industry and the latest innovations and trends. Connect with the thought leaders, pioneers, and policymakers helping to shape your future through broadband. Join us on Facebook at The Broadband Bunch and see the latest episodes, news, and photos. The Broadband Bunch, as always, sponsored by ETI Software. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Broadband Bunch, along with my colleague Brad Hine. I'm Craig Corbin. Thanks so much for joining us. Founded back in 1969 as the Environmental Systems Research Institute, focused on land use consulting and headquartered in Redlands, California, Esri is the world's leading mapping technology company and is an international supplier of geographic information system software, WebGIS, and geodatabase management applications. Esri's ArcGIS is the world's most powerful mapping and spatial analytics software delivering location intelligence to meet the digital transformation needs for organizations of all sizes. Our guest today serves as a partner manager with Esri, and it is a pleasure to welcome Jason Hart to the Broadband Bunch. Jason, welcome. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Absolutely. It's always intriguing, you know, when we when we talk about uh, geographic information system software and uh, what it can do, the powerful nature of that. I'm always curious about, you know, professionals such as yourself. How did you get into, what was the spark that got you into GIS? Oh, yeah. So whenever I was 13 years old, I was with a group of people in West Virginia that were going around the mountains looking for caves. And uh, we were digging underneath a rock outcropping one one day, <clears throat> and we saw that a whole bunch of dirt was just falling straight down into this hole. And it kind of looked like something out of a scary movie to where, you know, the earth was just going down and, and we didn't know how far the hole would actually go. Well, whenever we opened it up, we found out that the hole was um, a lot more tall than it was wide. So we we're at the top of a canyon. <clears throat> so they looked around the group and they saw this skinny 13-year-old kid and then said, hey, you can fit down there. So uh, they pointed right at me and then I knew that I was on deck there. So what they <laughs> so what they did is that they uh, handed me some survey equipment and then gave me, I, I don't know, about a 10-minute introduction on how to operate it. They tied a rope around my waist and then dropped me down the hole. So um, I got down there and it it was just such an interesting experience to be somewhere where no one else has ever set foot before. So what I was really doing down at the bottom of that hole was I was collecting data. So I was uh, collecting survey shots, uh, setting up survey points, and then sketching out the outer walls of this cave. So it didn't really mean a lot to me at the time, uh, but you know what we did is that whenever they pulled me out, out of the hole um, a couple of days after that, <clears throat> we took that data and we entered it into a computer. And there in front of my eyes was a rendering of the cave that only I have seen. And it was just such an amazing experience to be able to, to collect numbers and then transform that into a medium where you can actually see it and interact with it. And, and that was the point in time where I knew that GIS was it. And I was hooked from that point on. That is a, that is really an unbelievable story. I love it. Great. <laughs> Wild and wonderful West Virginia. That's, for that's sure. it. <laughs> Brad, I think you'd agree that probably qualifies as the best background story we've ever had on the broadband bunch. 
I think we have a winner. Yes. Uh, <laughs> drop down a hole for a, you know, for a length of time to, to pull out GIS data. I mean, that's, that's fabulous. So Jason, I'm curious, and I know our audience is, is curious also. So from that point, um, what did you do with that interest? Clearly you've, you already had a basis and a passion for GIS at that point. You could, you could, uh, see what others couldn't, you know, so to speak. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I didn't really know what to do with it, but um, whenever I was applying for college, I saw that geography was a major and it was an option there. So I immediately checked that box, not really knowing what I was doing, <laughs> but I knew that geography was something that I wanted to get into. So um, I ended up going to um, college at a little school just south of Virginia Tech named Radford University. And it was really a great environment. Uh, they had a really strong GIS program there. And we were situated in the Appalachian Mountains. So we had a lot of things to map and a lot of th things to do there. But um, I was doing good with that. But then I realized uh, just before my senior year, I need to get some real life experience here. Academia can only take me so far in my GIS experience. So um, I went down to the electric department there in town and we started to talk about maps. And I found out that, uh, you know, they had a lot of paper maps around, but they also were hosting a GIS for the entire town. So um, I got my hands on that and I started really to input a lot of information on, you know, the parcel lines, the electrical lines, uh, even the islands in the river that ran through the town. So I was really inputting a lot of data again. Um, the difference here was is that we actually had a program, this was back in 2005, that would publish my GIS data to the internet, which was kind of edgy back in those in those days. So not only was, was I able to visualize my data as I input it in there, but now others can interact with it. And then that was also just, just an eye-opening experience that what I was doing on my desktop, there was also a way that everyone else could experience it. So I really got into that and loved that part of it. So you you started uh, working with those electrical maps, those uh, electrical department maps, and what you just explained is a is a centralized uh, uh, architecture of such. So you could interact with other folks. Mm -hmm. Exactly right. Man. Wow. So so from there, being in electric, what happened next? Where where did you venture next in your in your GIS uh, career path? Yeah. So. Um... I was there for about a year <clears throat> and I graduated and I, and I realized that, you know, I probably need to look for work else, elsewhere. And I was actually recruited by a company uh, based out of my hometown of Richmond, Virginia. And the company was really big on tracking and managing telecom networks in a GIS. So I knew a lot uh -huh. about the GIS space. I had no idea what telecom even meant. So um, I decided this sounds like a challenge. So I took it on. So moved back to Richmond and there for a bit, I was just doing the GIS side of it. So I was drawing in lines. I was importing information. It was interesting, but I really wanted to know what were we actually doing here. So um, a few months in, I was able to score a uh, trip where we went on site to a telecom up in the Northeast. And it was an amazing experience because this was around 2006 and copper was king, right? So we were talking about twisted pairs, load coils, repeaters. Um, and, you know, there were veterans there that have worked with that data forever. So they knew it backwards in every way around. So really what I did is that I looked over there in the corner and I saw this really interesting piece of equipment. It had lights all over it. It had orange wires, yellow wires coming out of it. And I, I, I just asked, I said, guys, what is that? 
they said, wow, well, that's fiber optics. It's a, it's a rarity, you know, and really what we use it for is that we hook up all of our central offices up to this, to this ring. And, and then that's how we feed the entire network. But there's not a lot of it. We don't really need to track it because we know what we have. So um, I thought it was interesting that these two little wires could feed all of that copper plant on the other side. And I also found it interesting that, you know, there really wasn't a need to track it. Um, that didn't sound right to me, right? So <laughs> I um, put that in, in my back pocket and then took that information home and told a couple of folks about it. And what I was doing is that at that point on, I was kind of just trolling our calls to see if anyone else was talking about fiber. And I did find a company in New York State that actually was thinking about deploying fiber all the way to a house. And I said, guys, that is it. Now we got fiber on the distribution end. GIS is going to be used here for sure, right? So um, I flew up there and and um, it was a really interesting experience because the day, the very first day I was there was the very first day that they actually received their fiber optic equipment. So I was there from day day one and we took the equipment out of the box and uh, I was confused just as much as the people at the tel- telecom at that point in time on what to do with it, right? So uh, we fired it up um, and we actually installed a OLT card, which is, which is, if you think about that, that's the optical light terminals. So that's the laser light all the way back at a CO that shoots all the way down to a home there. So I thought it was the best thing in the world there, that that there was so much inside plant equipment, you can install this piece of equipment and it would shoot light down a line through a map, if you will, all the way to the other side. So um, I remember after that, uh, I went back to Rafford and I was talking to a GIS group there and they were and they were really confused on what I did. And then I said, guys, I'm tracking lasers on maps. How cool is that? <laughs> you know, they loved it. <laughs> Man, that's great. So yeah. you just said the magic words for our, our broadband bunch audience. You know, you, now you're talking about um, fiber connectivity and software that actually supports that whole process of of keeping people connected and and communities online. Uh, so let me take a quick step back here. So we know that uh, geospatial data can track things like addresses and streets and buildings. And now you've gone from uh, the electrical department and maps you worked with now into telecom. So, so you're talking about specifically um, fiber networks and asset tracking now for those communication service providers. Is that correct? That's correct. So um, talk a little bit more about the, this asset tracking, but also what else can GIS do for communication service providers uh, uh, globally? Yeah, that's, um, that's a really good question there. So let's go back to the inside plant example. <clears throat> so from the inside plant perspective, it's, it's always located in a building. A building has an address. We all, we all know about that. We all know how that looks on a map. Usually it's a dot, right? Well, let's take it back a little bit. <clears throat> Is it really just a dot? No, it's not. That dot has walls, you know, on the outside of the building itself. Those those walls have floors. Those floors have rooms. Those rooms have racks in them. Those racks have equipment. Those that that equipment has ports in it. So it goes all the way down to a virtual world, right? So a GIS is the perfect tool to track and manage what a network actually is because not everything is just a dot. Not everything's just a line. There's so much data underneath that. And and, and that's really what a, what a GIS can bring to 
um, in network management is not only just seeing a, I'll call it abbreviated view of what the network actually is, you know, from all the way up, but you can drill all the way down and then get down to the real visceral components of what makes this thing work. And a GIS is a perfect tool for that. This is the Broadband Bunch, and we're visiting today with Jason Hart, partner manager with Esri. And Jason, it's obvious that you are incredibly passionate about uh, what GIS can do. And, you know, when you, you, you were talking just a moment ago about the granular nature of how it can get into every aspect of a network, it obviously has to be exciting for you now to be a part of a team like Esri that is well, world leader in this area. Talk about, you know, what it was like when you became part of the Esri team. Yeah, so um, I've been at Esri now for a little over a month. And really, it was a dream come true there. Because how I see that Esri really has positioned itself is really as as a foundational tool that has built a framework for for partners and providers to be able to build a solution that really fits their actual need needs there. So the best way I can explain it is the a day of reinventing the wheel is over, right? So Esri has really produced a framework to where, you know, you can make connections, you can access that information from anywhere. So now as a partner, you can really specialize in, you know, what you're great at, right? Because um, as we always say, you you can't be great at everything. So you need to choose, you know, what, what you want to excel at. Um, and I would say one of the parts I'm seeing a lot of is just the integration of real-time information inside of your GIS. Um, you know, in if you think about it like like that, uh, you know, let's say you have a very accurate map. You you understand, you know, what connects to what. Um, you have a really good grasp of that. Now, why don't we layer in some real-time information like alarms? Okay, so if you did that, now you can see any point on the network that has gone into alarm mode. Okay, so that's so that so that's a great addition, you know, to your operations team. Now, let's say that you've also integrated a layer to show where, where all your techs are, and you have information if the tech's available and if the tech's qualified. So now you have an alarm, which is obviously a lat and long on a map. You know where your network is, and you know where your closest available tech is that's qualified to work on that alarm. Bam, you have an operational system right there in front of you. So the GIS is not just tracking and managing the assets and, and then how things connect, but it's also tracking and managing the operational flow of, of how a network actually works. And, um, and I'm seeing a lot of that. So in that, in that sense, Jason, uh, Esri is a, is a full-blown robust platform to do all this because as, as you're so eloquently describing all the different objects and layers, as you put it, that uh, a GIS system can be tracking my brain is starting to race now to, to, to uh, the industry of telecommunications, of knowing all the different types of vendors that are out there and people that feed into those specific parts of the industry. So I know Esri does have an extensive partner program. So are, are you seeing partners kind of taking the ball and running with it these days uh, in terms of technology and, and uh, getting more specific with their solutions integrated to yours? Absolutely. Yeah. So really what, what I'm seeing a lot of is partners are <clears throat> really going to use, again, the uh, core foundation technology that, that Esri provides to be able to really hone in on, you know, a, a specific part of 
what makes a telco work. So a, a, a great example of that is um, whenever you're looking at a splice case, okay? So let's say that you have an issue and, and you need to send a tech to a splice case. Well, the splice case is never on your desktop, right? A splice case is always up on a pole or it's always out there in an access point. It's never where your computer is, right? So really what we're <laughs> seeing- Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> right? So really what we're seeing partners do is latch on to, I'll, I'll, I'll say the services-based architecture of what ArcGIS actually is to be able to interact with that. So then they can bring that data to your phone because obviously as everyone already knows the phone is everything now so being able to really harness the power of of that computer in your pocket to be able to interact with the with the gis data back at the office is everything and we're seeing partners do a lot with that and i'm very excited to see where that actually goes uh, because when it comes to managing a network that's where you you need the information it needs to be in the hands of the people actually doing the work and i'm sorry most of them are not behind the desk so that is very true. Uh, remote connection and being able to visualize what's out in your telecommunications utility footprint is, is huge. So you mentioned copper to begin with, and then we started to mention some uh, fiber technology and elements like uh, the OLT in uh, in beams of fiber and data being processed. So how about from a wireless perspective uh, with the advent of uh, um 4G and LTE delivering broadband and now with 5G coming, uh, what can GIS do for a communications service provider on the wireless side? So that's one of the most exciting things that that Esri does does now is, you know, not only do they have the 2D drawing of what a traditional map is, but you also can add Zscale in there to start to render a 3D model of of not only what a network is, but also what surrounds it, right? So a great example of a demo that I saw a couple of weeks weeks back was, um, you know, we had a company that was trying to figure out what is the best 5G placement uh, to find out, you know, the height on a pole and where I can put these 5G antennas out there. And what I saw is that not only did they have a 3D rendering of where the pole was, but they also had information captured about the trees in the area, the buildings, everything. As everyone already knows, 5G cannot really penetrate very well through stationary objects there. So it was, it was, just insane because not only did we have the information about the network itself, we also had the information about, you know, where where that antenna was going to be placed on the pole. And then we had a line of sight analysis to uh, see everywhere that that antenna could actually reach. And one of the most exciting part was, is that, you know, we had a partner that was doing a lot of a lot of that design work on the 5G end of it. But yet we had another partner that was actually driving around shooting LiDAR to be able to collect that data, collect it up to the cloud, and then push it down to the other partner to be able to plan for the 5G. So it's like a eco system that kind of runs itself, right? We have partners that are collecting the information that specialize in that arena that are able to easily upload that information for other partners to use to do what we're all here to do, which is deliver the best service we possibly can. So uh, it was very exciting to see that. Wow. So you're, you have situations at Esri and telecommunications and utility then where there are opportunities for multiple partners and integrators on the Esri partner program to work together. Exactly right, man. Great to see, man. That's great. It's that's nothing but progress then for uh, for the end user and uh, and the CSP. It's, now, let's move a little bit out to rural America. So, um, how can GIS help deploy some of the broadband 
further at this point to um, some of the unserved and underserved communities. Uh, what is what is Esri's focus in that realm? Yeah, so um, we're we're at a very interesting time now. So at this point in time, we're we're actually in the reverse auction phase of the Ardolf Fund, right? So that's twenty point mm-hmm. four billion dollars out there for for connecting up rural America, and GIS has a massive role role here. So basically, what's happening is the FCC has provided GIS information on census blocks that they want, you know, different service providers to actually feed a service to. So that information is actually hosted in a GIS. So a service provider can use that and then say, okay, well, I want to plan a service out to this particular location. And now they also have a listing of every location that they have to serve within that particular block. So again, just geospatial data everywhere all over this. Um, and really, where I see that Esri is really coming to play here is that they're able to take that information and help a CSP do a high-level design of how they're actually going to connect up every location to be able to receive the funding for that particular block. So, I mean, so that's just a massively awesome way to to relate geospatial objects together to be able to produce value out there. And then once they have that design in there, they can, you know, log, log that with their uh, what what they call the long form applications there. Um, and then if, if they actually received the funding, it's really great because then they can start to use GIS again for the construction phase, right? They can uh, have the drawings out there on a mobile phone for people who are actually putting the fiber in the ground to understand what to do and when to do it. The other side of that coin says that, you know, uh, those folks back at the office, they need to understand what those construction crews are actually up to. So they're able to redline and then mark that that information up directly in the field and then pass it back to the office. So they have a complete hands-on um, ideas and understanding of how their network's being built. Because we all know that if you don't have that data back, you can't really monetize it. You don't really know what you have until you have those as builts back and, and, you, and you can actually distribute that to your sales folks. Um, another very interesting case here is uh, um, if you're a service provider that is trying to serve two different census blocks, you might have to run fiber in between the two. GIS is, again, a great tool because now we can layer in business information. Say that I want to know all of the businesses that have a telco spin above X. You can have that as a layer on your on your map so that now you can actually plan where the fiber goes to get the biggest return on investment. So uh, from the rural end of it, GIS has everything to do to do with it. And we're happy to see what's happening out there with the, with the rural space and using GIS. Well, Jason, it's, it's hard to imagine, uh, hard to imagine that there's even a piece of telecommunications or utility that wouldn't have to lean on location intelligence. I, I mean, seriously can't think of one. <laughs> Everything <laughs> has a point. <laughs> every, exactly. At some point, yeah, every yep. department, just give me a map with attribute data on it and some real-time info and I can do my work. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's on everybody's phone. It's on everybody's laptop. It's, it's truly amazing. So, um, so what continues to fire you up at Esri moving forward and, and keep you motivated? I would say... Um, seeing the GIS world um, come so far to where everyone can use it, right? So um, I, I went to school for 
GIS. I've been in the industry for a while. I, I understand how this works. I understand not only how it works from the front end, but the back end as well. Well, to really have GIS be a useful tool, you have to be able to distribute it out to everyone. So really what, what gets me going is just how Esri and other partners are taking this really complex thing that is a GIS and and then having the ability to distribute it, have the ability to have a certain use case here, and then have an operator of a system who doesn't have to go to school to be able to use it and gain value out of it. And uh, I'm seeing that everywhere to where we're taking really complex algorithms, wrapping it up into a button click, and then it produces value immediately. So I would say just just how GIS is so mainstream now and then how it continues to just to help the world and just, just get easier every year. You know, it, it is amazing, you know, when you look at how many aspects of what's going uh, going on in the world of telecommunications that this takes a, a huge role in. And it was, uh, I think, very uh, interesting from my perspective to, to hear you refer just a moment ago to how important uh, what Esri is doing is going to be with regard to data mapping and, you know, helping providers bridge the digital divide with regard to connectivity because it's as important now as it ever has been. And so, uh, so thankful that uh, you and the Esri team are on the forefront of making that a reality. And uh, Jason, it has been wonderful to visit with you today. Great. Thank you. Absolutely. And Brad, that's uh, a, a phenomenal visit. So glad we could do it. We've run out of time on this edition of the Broadband Bunch, but on behalf of everyone, I'm Craig Corbin, my colleague, Brad Hine. Thanks for letting us be a part of your day. We'll see you next time right here on the Broadband Bunch. So long, everybody. Bye.